and welcome to the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Today's guest, oh my God, what an incredible honor to have this amazing lady on the show. Um, somebody who has sold over 30 million books. How about that? Very few people walking can actually say this. She's one of the greatest authorities on personal development. She is the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and currently the CEO of Play Big Movement, Sharon Lecter. Thank you so much and welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Michael. I'm delighted to be with you. And I'm so just so thrilled to know you. I just it's been a relatively new friendship, but I know that's going to be a long term one. So I look forward to working with you. I am so thrilled. I mean, when I got to meet you recently, we met down in Miami just a few weeks ago and it was just extraordinary. We had a nice few days together and really getting to know one another. And you you're just a legend. You are, there's very few people in the personal development space that has your credentials. And, you know, I know that you started in the finance world. And for the sake of those listeners that have been living under a rock, can you actually sort of share <laughs> how you actually got started in this business of ours? Well, thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. And yes, I have obviously been around a long time. So I'll try and give you the Cliff Notes version. Um, I grew up in a very lower middle class home. I, we lived in a little tiny house between my mom's beauty shop and my dad's used car lot. He was wow. career Navy. He retired when I was eight. And we had rental properties that I had to go scrub out the bathroom between tenant at 10, 11, 12 years of age. I hated it. I swore I'd never be an entrepreneur. I was going to become a sophisticated professional. So I was the first generation, my sister and I, to go to college. I became an accountant. And when we grew up in, I grew up in Florida. I moved to Atlanta to start my career as a young single CPA and loved every minute of it. But about the ripe old age of 25, I woke up and said, this is crazy. I'm working long hours for someone else. And all of a sudden, my parents started looking a lot smarter. <laughs> you know, so I had a client offer me to go to a, a um, buy a company with him, which I I still remember going back to my condo in Atlanta with the old yellow legal pad because this was in the '80s before PCs and doing the whole pros and cons, and it didn't help me a bit because I could argue both sides. But my hand kind of took off across the top and said, "Why not? And why not do something different? Why not take a path less traveled?" Why not solve a problem or serve a need? Why not be in control of my own destiny? And that really today is still my, my, uh, my personal mantra and my driving force. So I made the decision to leave and within a few weeks realized it was really a huge business mistake. But as Napoleon Hill says, every adversity creates a seed of an equal or greater benefit. So I was there. I met a young attorney who was using my office when I came back from a few days trying to figure out what the next step would be. And his name was Michael Lecter. And so we've been married over 40 years. And it's a true example of the worst business decision created my best life decision. So every adversity can create the seed of an equal or greater benefit. And so... From there, I started doing entrepreneurial. I just had my own practice. I was doing tax and helping people with the planning. And then found a friend. We started a woman's magazine and sold it. And then I found um, a friend that had started a new talking book industry. And at that point, my kids didn't like to read. So I said, well, let's see what I can do with him. In fact, I have one, one of them right here. I had an interview this morning. 
and they didn't exist. We helped create this. And this is oh. when I truly learned a lot about the power of association because we had this new technology and said, well, how are parents going to trust us, right? And we aligned with Disney, Warner Brothers, Sesame Street, Marvel Comics. And so we exploded that company around the world, learned so much. So, but next time I want to build the brand that other companies want to align with. Instead of paying out big royalty checks, I'd rather get royalty checks. <laughs> and so we sold that company and we moved to Arizona over 30 years ago. But uh, our oldest son went off to college in 1992, September came home in December to tell us that he'd got into credit card debt. We were pretty mad at him, but I was more mad at myself. And I tell that story because he got to campus and there was free pizza, free money, free t-shirt, free money. And I realized that um, people don't understand money yeah. and we're not teaching our kids about it in school. So that was December of 92. And that's when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy, financial education, started working with school systems, Fast forward a few years, my husband called me one day, this guy had come to see him in flip-flops and this idea for a board game drawn out in crayons. And I met Robert Kiyosaki at the first beta test for the game Cash Flow. Wow. And I loved the philosophy because it was alignment with what I was teaching, buy, build, or create income-producing assets. And you know, one of the best ones is real estate where you and I are aligned as well. So, and I volunteered to help him commercialize the game. And that's when he asked me to become his partner. And, and in that process, he said he wanted to charge $200 for the game. I said, that's kind of pricey. And so I said, maybe you should write a, we should write a brochure that explains the philosophy behind the game. And that brochure was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So most people don't understand the story behind the story. This, we thought one book, you no. Know, People wanted more, so we did a trilogy, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant Guide to Investing. People wanted more. So in the 10 years we worked together where we were partners in the business, and we wrote 15 books together and wow. ended up by launching another brand, Rich Dad Advisors. And of course, it took off around the world, became the largest personal finance brand. And then in 2007, we were no longer aligned in what we want. We've been partners for 10 years, built yeah. the company together. Yeah. And I made the decision to step away at the height of our success. And you know, I tell people, sometimes you have to close one door for other doors of opportunity to open. And those doors, a lot of those doors of opportunity right now are with the EXP. So we'll talk a little yeah, bit about that We will. We'll be talking yeah. a lot about that. But, but that's, uh, a, that's a later. Yeah, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And that's when I got the call from President Bush. So I had wow. the pleasure and of I'm serving. I'm going to jump into that. I'm going to jump yeah. into those things because that's like amazing. I think that your history, oh my goodness gracious, when are you writing your book just on your life? <laughs> because that's extraordinary. You're, you know, what you've done has not been done by anyone, really, when you look at this in the collective. And so I want to go back to something that you said in this, uh, in this piece, when you started saying that power of why not, right? That's very powerful. When people are starting to think about decisions in their life, and you had that yellow pad with the two columns, and you just said, you know, I can, I can argue both sides, and the power of why not, was your decision-making. But now that also became what empowered you to help others. And that's, a, that's almost a calling because what you've done has been extraordinary for other people. The amount of lives that you've changed, 
with everything that you've done, your series of books and everything else, extraordinary. Tell me where that calling came from. Well, I think it, um, my father, as I said, was retired military, but every night he would ask me, Sharon, have you added value to someone's life today? And wow. that's something that was just profound to me. I didn't realize it at the time. He's been gone 16 years, but I still ask myself that every night. Have I added value to someone's life today? And certainly with what the world's been through in the last few years, um, we, wouldn't the world be a better place if people focused on contribution and adding value to other people's lives? So that's, that's, that's where that calling came from. I mean, a few years ago, I almost started to retire and I'm going, what am I going to do with myself? Right. And so it's like, you, it, it is, it, it, for me, it's, it, it is a calling and it's something that I just literally, before we started this, I got a text from somebody who said, I got your ATM message. I do a daily message for people. And she says, it changed my life. That's why I do what I do. So. That is powerful, you know, and, you know, you start thinking about the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series, which is probably one of the most successful books in this personal development space ever, ever. And so... I want to, and I, I think it's really fascinating that it actually started as a manual for a board game. I did not know that. Yeah, that well, most is, people don't because it took, we, our company name was Cashflow Technologies. We thought our brand was Cashflow for yeah. the board game. And yeah. the world said, no, 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 your brand is Rich Dad. So. So, you know, you had, as you said, over uh, 10 books in the series, uh, more than that, actually, you were, you were the 15, CEO, yeah. 15 books, you were the CEO for well over a decade. And so you had all of this that happened and something that you just said, something you just said that somebody just sent you a text and said that, tell me what has been to you. And it's sort of like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll jump on EXP in a moment, but, you know, when I was with uh, Glenn Sanford, the, the, the founder of EXP, it really is that there are so many people that come up to him in person or on the call or wherever we are that basically said, you changed my life. And to me, just seeing it as an observer, it's something that you can't put on a balance sheet. It doesn't fit on a P&L statement. And it's something that is that intangible, that is something is, you said, that's why I do it. Share with me something that you've been touched by, by someone that you, reached out to you and said, this happened because of you. Can you share a particular story? Well, I can actually combine EXP with that, the response to your question, because um, the organization that my husband is part of EXP and is part yeah. of the, he's part of Tarek El Moussa's group and Tarek and I have known each other for years. And so we went to support a launch. He's doing a fund to, um, for people to invest, a syndication for um, real estate investments, as well as what he's doing with EXP. And so we went to just say hi and to support him in that. And we we're talking and chatting and his partner in that fund came up and said, Sharon, you don't know who I am. But 17 years ago, you came down to the University of Arizona and taught my entrepreneurship class. Now, I only did that once, and it was 17 years ago. And he says, because of that class, I am now a multimillionaire in real estate and standing here with you and Tarek. Wow. I just got chills. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that says, so you just... You, one of the my play big movement that I launched in Facebook is there because you know 
it's being number one in your field, but it's also living your legacy. Yes. We, we create our legacy with every heart we touch. That beautiful smile of yours, Michael, where we first, I didn't know who you were, but you were sitting like three people away from me at 10X. And as I was like, wow, he's got such a beautiful smile. And I find mm-hmm. out you're who you are. And it's just, you know, that, that connection, that human connection, you live your legacy with every heart you touch every single day you create it. And so, and then creating maximum impact. But that's to have someone come up like that and say that I impacted him 17 years ago when. And to come full circle. Mm -hmm. That is extraordinary. You know, it's, it's, we, and it's such a beautiful statement, living your legacy with every heart you touch. That is so beautiful. That's, that's another, that's another book. (laughs) That's another book title. That's for sure. (laughs) And it's yours. (laughs) So you were starting to allude of um, the presidential appointments by not one, but two presidents. Um, So you have equally balanced. You were appointed by both President Bush and by President Obama on different financial uh, councils. Tell me what that meant for you. Well, President Bush launched the Presidential Advisory Council for Financial Literacy. And so um, and that what I started to say when you sometimes you have to close one door. I wouldn't have gotten invited to that had I still been at Rich Dad. So I made the decision to leave because it was the right thing for me to do, not knowing yeah. what was in store for me. And to get that call from President Bush, what an incredible opportunity! Because I thought Rich Dad was my legacy. Yeah. And somebody upstairs said, no, there's more for you to do. And so having the opportunity to step into that arena and and make a difference. And as I talk about my son getting into credit card debt. When I was on the council, we passed the Credit Card Act of 2009. Now, I can't take credit for the bill, but I was certainly a squeaky wheel because that bill prohibits credit card companies from soliciting school kids on campus today. And so your children today are not going to be solicited the way my son was. And that, to me, is a huge win. Now, again, I was just a squeaky wheel. I can't take credit for it, but I can certainly say we were a driving force behind that. And then that particular council was between it covered both Bush and Obama's administration. And so it's something that uh, was a huge honor. And we talk about becoming an authority in your field, certainly it's seeking service. What can you do to provide service to other arenas and experts in your field? All right. I, I probably wouldn't have been appointed if I said, well, what are you going to pay me? Right? No, I want to be there. I want to be front and center. I want to take what I know and my knowledge and help support, but also learn from everybody else that's on that council to create opportunities for Americans to take control of their financial lives. And it was a huge honor. And I just, I'm so, so thrilled with that opportunity. And that's, you put yourself in the position of highest potential by reaching out and that power of association, which is I teach all the time. What is your power of association? Who do you need on your team? Who do you need as your mentor? Who do you need to open those doors for you and make those introductions for you? And that's a huge part of what I teach. You know, and it's such an important thing. You know, I sit on the board of NAREP and was uh, involved in um, what was the Hispanic Wealth Initiative. And the Hispanic Wealth Project is uh, a, um, uh, their mission statement is to have a thousand Hispanic um, millionaires by the end of 2022. And culturally, 
in the Latino community, finance is not taught or talked about for the most part. And it is something that, you know, they are uh, as a group um, so uneducated in that way that they're left out of many, many things that are taken for granted, so, such as home ownership and things of that nature. And so do you think that financial literacy and competency equates to freedom? Well, Financial freedom yeah. is when the income from your assets exceeds your monthly expenses. It does not mm -hmm. have to be millions of dollars. Sure. Financial freedom is when you get your time back. All of us, too many of us are taught to exchange time for money. That's what school teaches us. Time equals money. You've heard of time equals money. No. Invest your time in buying, building, creating assets. Those assets become economic engines generating income for you. And you know what? In the process, you get your time back so that you can be of contribution and do other things. You can choose how you face the day as opposed to the drudgery of knowing eight to five, eight to 10, right? So it's a very important for you to take control and understand that. And, and the Hispanics are, they have a leg up from other cultures because they're big savers to begin with. So they don't get nearly as in much debt as a general proposition, but sure. we want to provide this education for them to be able to become that entrepreneurial mindset, whether you're in a job or on your own, it's not what you do for your paycheck. It's what you do with, with your paycheck that determines your financial outcome. So providing them the tools where they can say, okay, I can make the world a better place and do well doing it. What would you say was the greatest lesson you've learned in your career thus far? Well, it's probably stand in your power um, and be true to who you are, live with grace. I think the, the greatest lesson I've learned is that when you focus on contribution, that power grows mm. you focus on adding value to other people's lives because I can sit back and say, I mean, just earlier this week, there was a company probably four or five years ago that was like, you know, top of their game for several years. Yeah. And I just had this, you know, this, this gnawingness and they, people said, well, why aren't you working with them? Why aren't you on their stages? And, and then just this week, and I'm kind of behind the eight ball, I didn't know this, but you know, a year ago, they were arrested because of bad practice, Ponzi scheme. Wow. And I'm going, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you know, it was like, there was something that just was like, mm. and it's, it's knowing who you are and being careful who you associate with is probably the biggest lesson I've learned. I love that one. Yeah. And it's so true because your reputation becomes that of who you surround yourself with. Right. And it's you were talking earlier about mentorship and who you surround yourself with. And, you know, that person that might seemingly be that person that you're trying to aspire to may also just be spoken mirrors. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you also have to sort of listen to that little voice. 
That's I, so... I was having this conversation just this morning, actually, because yeah. we're, we're looking for a new company to help us with our social media. And, um, you know, I have people that have, you know, 600,000 followers on Instagram and they bought them and they're all bots and all this stuff. But yet they get to that level and all of a sudden people come to them for things. So there's this smoke and mirrors that creates a level of validity that really isn't there, but it's a marketing piece. So other people come to them versus my approach, which has been totally organic. I won't pay for followers. I never have. And I'm probably a little under 14,000 right now. And I say, I'd like to have more. I haven't, you know, I just need to find the time to focus on it, but it's like, it's one of these things. All right. So here's this opportunity from a marketing perspective. And should I do that? But there's a piece of me that's saying, you know, I kind of value all these people because I know, you know, they came willingly and sought me out. So it's, it's one of those things always, it's, it's a give and take determine what the right path is. And I'm sure I just totally went off on a tangent. No, I love this though, because it's also <laughs> not about the followers. It's about the level of engagement. Yeah. Right. It's not who you're, how big your audience is. It's how much you affect them. Yeah. And that's what's powerful. That's what's powerful. And I think that that's really terrific. And, you know, you were alluding to the um, the Play Big movement. Tell me a little bit about what that is. Well, I have to tell you a sad start part of my life before I launched that, okay. because um, I, after having been on the President's Advisory Council was when I also got the other phone call from the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And so I've had a fantastic relationship with them, written several books with them, Three Feet from Gold, Outwitting the Devil, Think Girls for Women and Success in Something Greater. But eight and a half years ago, I lost my youngest son. Oh, I'm so and sorry. It, and it sent me into pretty much neutral, living life totally numb. And that was a time when I, when I literally went underground I kind of went started playing very small with fear and grief it's like you put blinders on talk about fear you just want to turn off the lights and get under the covers and so about five years ago I thought well maybe I should just retire because this you know I'm not getting the same zest and uh, I was still working I was still writing still speaking but I it was just like I was in this numbness yeah. and I um thought I might retire I got a lot of pushback from family and friends I even heard my son in my ear saying, get over it, mom. There's mm. more for you to do. And I realized that you know, many of us, particularly in the last year and a half now, mm. you know, many of us have been stopped in our tracks, whether it be a death, a divorce, a financial setback, an illness. But yet, and I want everybody watching, to, you're still here for a reason. And what you've mm-hmm. been through can help others going through it now. And that was, you know, the thought was, okay. You know, I've been through this, but I'm still here. I'm still here for a reason. And I made the decision to start playing a bigger game again. And I said, but I'm not going to do it alone. I want to share it with other people. And that's when I launched the Play Big Movement on Facebook. It's totally organic, right? Totally, and it's free to join. But it's for people who want to be number one in the field, want to live their legacy, and want to create maximum impact and help each other doing it. And so it's been just an incredible opportunity for me to really – start filling up a little of the hole that I lost my son. I've been doing mentoring and that has really helped me get, you know, get through that and start playing a bigger game. And when I made the decision to play big again, it's like, instead of looking down in fear, I opened my eyes in faith, took the blinders off and all those opportunities that were always there came to me. 
So it's a decision. How are you going to live a life? Are you going to live your life with fear and negativity? Are you going to live your fear with opportunity and optimism? And that's the choice that I made. And that's what I want to help other people make that choice as well. And understand that, yeah, that stuff happened. I'm not going to ever get over losing my child. But when I started sharing it, it made me more relatable, more vulnerable, mm-hmm. and people had that heart-to-heart connection with me. And it's something that, you know, I, when I made that decision, I ended up getting invited on stages with um, all kinds of incredible people. I was highlighted as one of the world's greatest motivators on the television series. I was in the movie Think and Grow Rich, The Legacy. It's like, whoa. And, and I'm with you today. So here we go. Add that to the power of association and the opportunity to impact even more people. But I don't want to do it alone. I want all of you watching, all of you listening to understand you have an opportunity to impact so many more people and help them speed their way to success by sharing your story. What was your son's name? William Eric. William Eric. It's really through his vision. I mean, it's, Sharon, it's, it, I'm so sorry for your loss. And it's, you. it's just amazing to really start looking at, at you as, as an individual, as a person. You are the real deal. You are so amazing that you're sitting here in your grief and saying, I'm just going to be more vulnerable and I'm just going to share my grief and, and, and work through William Eric's strength to be able to say, we're going to, you said he was in your ear, right? And it, it, it sort of like, you know, you know, you know what just actually sort of like came to me, his initials, it's we, it's community. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing that you came from that to create this incredibly beautiful thing. It's, it's really beautiful. If we start sort of seeing it sort of like William Eric, it's, it's we. And you, you did something in first time anybody's ever said that you're going to make me cry. Thanks. It's, yeah. it, it, it's in, <laughs> it, and it just came to me. Um, and so it's in community that you built this and it's so beautiful. So tell me, tell me what that's been like. What's, what's play big move. I'm oh, sorry. The, uh, the, yeah, the play big movement. How is that? What's, what's come from that? Well, I think the 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 I, the sense of belonging, the sense of contribution, um, engagement. You use that word engagement with the community. I mean, before most of my career, before I lost my son, was just um, speaking, writing, um, and yes, on social media. But I wasn't I, because I teach assets, right? So mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm I'm at the point in my life where I choose to actually step back to the left side of the quadrant and start doing one-on-one mentoring because it brings me such joy. And so I'm making that choice to do mentoring where I am exchanging time for money in essence, but it, it helps me here. A lot of my clients call me mama lector. And so it's it's really helped me um, in my grief to realize that, yes, I don't have my son to, to love and nurture now, but I have other people to love and nurture. Yes, I love that. That's beautiful. And so, you know, we mentioned real estate that we're uh, both involved in a lot. And obviously, this podcast is focused on global real estate. And there's no one, you know, you've sold 30 million books around the world several times over. And it's, uh, it's that whole idea of someone coming into the real estate business. And I know that your focus is really on personal development. And I wish that you would indulge me in this question. What would be 
three pieces of advice that you would give somebody who was entering the real estate field today with an eye on also that lens of personal development? Great question, Michael. I think the first thing is um, wealthy people around the world all either make their wealth through real estate or hold their wealth in real estate. And so you are on the right path. So you've made a decision to look at real estate. So congratulate yourself. One is to stand in your own power and recognize that. But second is don't try to do it alone. One of the beautiful things about EXP I love is that it has built-in mentoring and groups and support. And it's also global. Unlike any other company, if you have friends that are in Spain or South Africa, you can bring them into the organization. They don't have to live in your geographic area. But don't do it alone. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself to invest in that sense of community and learning. You know, I have a group of incredible um, women that have joined with Michael here locally, and they get together and they support each other. I just love it. It's such an incredible opportunity. But always look at real estate not as a not, not as a buy and sell, but as an opportunity to create that business of real estate through service of others. Yes. And that's the other thing I like. The reason we aligned with EXP is I love the model because it allows you to have that profession as become a real estate agent where you can help other people buy and sell properties. It also allows you to have the access to find things to invest and purchase in real estate yourself to become an owner, real estate investor. But it also allows you to share that with other people, to bring them into the organization, to allow them to create that financial independence. And so your service of others through both buying and selling, but long-term passive income, and then become a mentor to others, as well as the ability to be an owner within the equity structure of the company. So it answered, it really is a, a, the answer to almost everything I teach. Yeah. You have to do the work, but the systems are so important and the systems of EXP are cutting edge. Mm-hmm. And it's been proven by the incredible success that, that the company is, has had and is continuing to have. And yeah. so people getting in right now are still getting in on the ground floor because yeah. amazing what's still open. And this man is the one driving that global <laughs> expansion. So I'm excited to be part of it. You know, it's been um, it's been incredible. And I have to tell you, I spent 15 years at another organization and, you know, I've been here less than a year, believe it or not. And what we have been able to accomplish as a community, all of us together, and the fact that we've opened 10 countries in 10 months is incredible. And so, you know, I start sort of thinking and I tell everyone that I can the fact that now, in, in particular, when we're talking about EXP for a few moments, that movement, because it's now a movement, has become larger than any of us. And the conversations that we're having are incredible. You know, I had a few of my country leaders on a clubhouse um, uh, podcast uh, uh, recently. And the conversation that came from that, I had my, my leader of Mexico And he said, my country needed this. That's incredible. You know, I had my country leader in um, India and I was talking to a team leader in India and he had 300 agents on his in his team. 
And he says, and he's, and he actually just made the decision to join us last week. And he said, do you know why I joined EXP? And I said, why? And he says, your business model is the business model for humanity. And I was like, oh my God. That's wonderful. It, 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 <laughs> I love that. The, the speech that we're all doing, the conversations that we're having are so elevated that you, it, 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 there's no other, there's no other brand at that point. It doesn't matter. How do you compete with that? I love that. That's fantastic. And what a, what a great thing for you to share as you did just now, because that's, you know, that's the validation yeah. of the model. That's the validation of what you're driving and what you're doing. And it's so important for people to understand that because, um, and I can say with all honesty, in my entire career, I've never aligned with a specific company yes. because I'm all about financial education. This sure. is the first time in my career I've done this and I'm saying EXP is a great company and I recommend people look at it because I believe in it so much. And you know what? More importantly, when I talk about the power of association, I have yet to meet anybody within the XP organization that is not genuine and wonderful, caring, and so, excited about the opportunity. It's so I keep true. waiting to meet that person that I don't like, and I haven't yet. <laughs> the moment that you do, please let me know. <laughs> so we can, sort of, we can sort of create that too. We need a space for those people that are loving and create this. So tell me, you know, you mentioned you mentioned your husband, Michael, in the beginning of this interview. And I know that both of you have done such amazing things philanthropically. Can you share a little bit of what you're doing now in those? Well, absolutely. Thank you, Michael. Yes. You know, that's a huge part of contribution and making an impact on other people is giving back. And when you have been fortunate enough to be successful, there's a, inherently a responsibility to to give a portion of that back, my philosophy. Mind and so you. I've been involved in many different things, but uh, my focus, we, I have, my, we have our own um, 501c3, which is the Economic Empowerment Foundation, which helps us go into schools and to help people that need some assistance financially from a financial education perspective. And so very proud of that. But I have been on the board for over 20 years of the Child Help, which is the largest international organization for the treatment and prevention of child abuse, a very important issue. And certainly in the last year and a half, child abuse has increased significantly. We host the Child Help Abuse Hotline, 1-800-FOR-A-CHILD, and we've had over a 40% increase in our calls. But we have residential treatment facilities. We have educational programs that are global, go around the world called Speak Up, Be Safe, and we also have um, diagnostic centers that are one of a kind and have been cop all over, people come from all over the world because it's like not a very elegant term, one-stop shop. Typically a child that's been abused is taken to a hospital. They're scared to death. Then they're taken to the police department. They're even more scared to death. So the abuse continues in that environment. We created a very child-friendly environment complete with examining rooms that are like you're in the middle of an aquarium or sitting you know, in a, in a forest that's very child-friendly. The equipment is child size. We have um, doctors who are specialists in sexual abuse trauma. And then we have the interviewers. And so um, they're sitting in a room and the interviewer has a, an earwig and the people behind the counter, the police department, the DA, you know, the, the, the assaulters attorney, uh, usually we know who it is, yeah. um, are all there and asking that question. So the child only is interviewed once. 
Wow. So what has happened is we have a much higher conviction rate. And in mm -hmm. fact, many times it doesn't even get to trial because they cop a plea because they, the, the information is all there. Because what happens is when, it, when in the traditional route, many kids end up not being able to testify because they've been so further traumatized by all these different interviews. And so it's really been an incredible um, help to communities to help children. And we serve them through mental health needs as well as physical health needs. And it's something that uh, we have education, we have foster care programs. So I'm, so I'm very, very proud of it. And the two women who started it are incredible. They've been put up for the Nobel Peace Prize 10 times. Mm -hmm. wow. They were Hollywood stars and entertaining troops 65 years ago in Japan and found kids walking around who had been turned out in the rain in Japan, brought them back to their hotel, started orphanages. And so they, they founded Child Help over 65 years ago, and they are truly angels on earth. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's extraordinary. What an extraordinary story. Let's get that message out around the world um, to help as many children as possible. Oh, my God. God bless you and your work. It's well, thank you. And we do a and, lot of other different things, but that those are really, you know, I was on the board of Women Presence Organization for many, many years as well, helping women take their businesses to the next level. So we're my, I have a heart of contribution. So. I love that. You have a heart of gold. <laughs> and I have one final question for you. You are a best-selling author many times over, but in your book of life, what is this chapter called? It's um, adding value. Yeah, I, uh, I once was speaking in China and I had a room full of um, people that were speaking Chinese. I was the only English speaking person in the world other than my translator. And a young man stood up during the Q&A to ask me a question. Everybody started booing him. And I'm going, I wonder what he's asking me. And my <laughs> translator said, um, you don't have to answer this question. I said, well, what is it? And he said, he's asking you, what you think the meaning of life is. And the people in the room think that's rude because you're a Western woman. You know. And I said, oh, well, I'll answer the question. It took me a moment. And I said, you know, for me, the meaning of life is that when I'm gone, people feel that their life has been, is better for having known me. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's living a life of contribution. And so my chapter would be um, contributing with grace. So. Oof, love that one. <laughs> Contributing with grace. That's a beautiful place to end on. Sharon, you have been so incredible with your candor, with your lessons, with being so vulnerable and being such an incredible inspiration to so, so many people, starting with me. And I thank you so very much for this time today. Thank you. Well, it is my honor, Michael, and I'm so thrilled to get to know you. I look forward to many opportunities for us to continue having fun and contributing together and, and sharing what an incredible opportunity you're driving around the world for EXP and for those people interested in taking control of their financial lives. So thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Well, we are you. doing it together. And, you know, and, and now I, every time I say we now, I'm going to think of your son. And so because it's that sense of community. And so thank you. And thank you for all of you for listening. This has been the Global Luxury Real Estate Mastermind with me, your host, Michael Valdez. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.